always makes me nervous. Yeah, once you hit go live, we're...
sacrament that he has planned for us today on a beautiful Sunday morning. Why don't we stand today and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, as always, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go welcome them and say hi today. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Brystep, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for this, the sixth Sunday after, of Easter Sunday. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinniger, and the acolytes are Carissa Ray and Vanson Minnie. Radio broadcast for today is sponsored by congregations of St. John's Lutheran Church, Stones Prairie, Purdy, Missouri, and dedicated to the glory of God. These broadcasts are made possible by donations to the Radio Ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. On May the 27th will be the confirmation roll call list uh, on, that, on that Sunday. So if, if you are on that list, uh, please be there on May the 27th, which I believe is the last Sunday of this month for your recognition for that day. Another note on confirmation, our brand new class of confirmation students will be confirmed on May the 20th, Pentecost Sunday. That's in a couple of weeks, so please plan to attend that because it will be a very, very special day, not only for them and their families, but also for the life of our congregation as well. That's May the 20th. Next, uh, we are going to be on May the 13th, so next Sunday, we are going to be recognizing all 8th grade, high school, and college graduates on May the 13th. Graduates are encouraged to send a short paragraph about themselves to the church office and include things like where you will be graduating from, any honors or scholarships that you have received, and if you are a college graduate, please include what your 
degree is and what your plans will be following graduation. So that is next Sunday, May the 13th. And then finally, we are beginning a new Sunday morning adult Bible class called Ask Pastor. If there is a question that you have always sort of wondered about that's in the Bible or just perhaps a hot topic today that you would like to know more about and to have some conversation about, please email me. My email is on the front of the bulletin, waterandtheword at outlook.com. Email me what that question is or what those questions are by Wednesday, and then we will talk about them uh, on Sunday morning during the adult Bible class hour at 8.45. So if you would like to do that, uh, please do so. Again, my email is found on the front of the bulletin there. And with that, it's time for us to begin. Let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, how good it is to be in your house today. How good it is, Lord, to be surrounded by fellow believers. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this place and this time that we have to worship you, Lord, as one body, but also, Lord, as we have the chance to receive your gifts through your sacrament and through your word today being spoken and taught to us. Lord, we ask now that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship here. Thank you, Lord, that we have all been called here, not by chance, not by accident, but Lord, because your gospel, your good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is that news, Lord, that has called us here, and it is, and it is in his name that we worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We open our service today. With a great Easter hymn, Now All the Vault of Heaven Resounds, number 465, 465.
have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you, all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come and hear, all you who fear God. And I will tell what he has done for my soul. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, Son, and to the the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. as it was in the beginning, is now, and and will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
be with you. Let us pray. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first reading is from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 48. Then, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do not and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling them the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses, witnesses of everything he did in the country of the in the country country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have re received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the gradual. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands.
Thank you very much, choir, for sharing your gifts with us this morning. It's now time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message. Now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites as well. And Mr. Clybaker has the message today. I think, yes. Yes. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Everybody's doing good? Good. Hey, I tell you what, does it feel good outside today to you? Me too. Look at all the folks up here wearing shorts and short sleeve shirts. Isn't that nice and a whole lot better than having to wear those heavy coats that we do in the wintertime? Yeah. I love the springtime also. There's some really neat stuff that happens in spring, isn't there? We've got some trees outside in the front yard of our house that are just beautiful. The dogwood's got pink blooms on it. Uh, the crimson maple has kind of red-colored leaves, and, and you can just tell that God's at work. He's making our world pretty around us, and I love that. That is wonderful. However, there's some things about spring that are kind of hard for me, too. Can you guess what those might be? Cordell? <laughs> mosquitoes coming out yeah that's a challenge for sure how about ticks yuck nobody likes those either do we you know what as pretty as those trees are with their pretty blooms and the leaves coming out you know what those trees make me do sneeze who said that you're exactly right makes me sneeze makes my eyes itch and water oh that doesn't feel good at all some of those kinds of challenges are just really tough. However, God promises us in the Bible that some of those things that are hard, we're going to be able to overcome. And that's just one example. There's a lot of other things. I bet sometimes memory work is hard, kind of hard, isn't it? Sometimes uh, maybe some of the other things you're studying and learning in school are a little bit hard and difficult. When you become an adult, oh, there's all kinds of other worries that you take on, like whether you're going to get your work done on time, and if you're going to have enough money to buy groceries, and all those kinds of things. But we can overcome all those worries through God's love and through our faith in Jesus. And that's what Pastor's going to be talking to us a little bit more about today in his sermon, so I hope you'll listen closely to him. Listen also to the epistle reading that's going to be had just in a few minutes. And that's where we're going to learn more about how God helps us overcome the problems in the world so that we can see all the love that he has for us as his people. Join me in a quick word of prayer and then we'll go back to our seats. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beautiful springtime with the green grass and the pretty trees and the wonderful flowers. We know that in this world, there are things that are not easy. But we also know that through your love for us, that 
and, and giving us faith, especially in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can overcome all of those challenges and go on to enjoy the beautiful things that you've given us, especially, again, our faith in Jesus. We pray that you'd bless and be with all of these young people throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Epistle today is from 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Everyone who believes that Jesus is a Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not unburdensome are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are all are, are in agreement. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is, Jesus Lives, the Victories Won, number 490 in the Lutheran Service Book, verses 1 through 4.
Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the epistle lesson that was just read. Uh, you'll want to have that in front of you to kind of refer to as you go along here this morning. There are very few things that I like more than exposing Satan. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that there are many times in which I will enter a room, whether it's, whether it's you know, here in church, uh, anywhere, where I will enter a, a room or begin to have a conversation with somebody or with a group of people, and I know that Satan is sort of lingering around. And he's waiting. And he's waiting to pounce at the right moment in order to disrupt whatever that meeting is. To disrupt whatever the goal for that meeting is. Because, see, that's what he does. That's what he lives for. He lives to disrupt things. Luther called it very, very well when he says that Satan does not want you and I to have our daily bread. And so he does everything in his power, everything that he possibly can, to make sure that you and I don't have our daily bread. And then what begins to happen is, is that when, when those things don't happen, we begin to start asking questions. And we begin to start asking questions about our faith. We may even begin to start to question our faith in God. We may even begin to question God himself. Why, God? Why is this happening? Why are you allowing this to happen. And so, one of, and so one of the things that I like to do, as I said, is I like to expose Satan. I like to call him out. Because I know that he will do everything in his power to make sure that I get as far away from God as humanly possible. Same goes for you. Same goes for everybody outside of these walls. We're going to expose him and his lies this morning, and instead, as we do every Sunday, elevate the truth of the promise of the good news about Jesus and what he has done for you and me. To begin, I want to read a short excerpt from the Screwtape Letters. I've referenced this, this book by C.S. Lewis before, and in case some of you are unfamiliar with how this book works, if you haven't read it, I highly encourage you to do so. The book is a book of fiction, although as you begin reading it, you begin to sort of ask yourself, man, this kind of stuff, I have had similar thoughts about this kind of stuff. And fiction sometimes becomes the truth of our lives and our thoughts. And so this book is a series of letters that an elder, more experienced demon of Satan is writing to, an, to a younger demon who just so happens to be his nephew. And this nephew is in the process of learning all of the tricks of the trade about what it takes and what it is to be a, not just a good demon, but one who does his job very, very well. And at one point in one of the letters early on in this book, the Uncle Screwtape writes this to his nephew, specifically about what the enemy, who is God, that's what they call God, is the enemy. 
about what God wants of humans and about what Satan and all of his minions want of humans. And this is what he says. To decide what the best use of it is, you must ask what the enemy wants to make of it, that being God. And the it being of the dry and the difficult times that we have in our lives. He says you must ask what God, what the enemy wants to make of it, and then do the exact opposite. He goes on, now it may surprise you to learn that in his efforts to get permanent possession of a soul, he relies, God relies on the troughs, the low points, even more than on the peaks. Some of his special favorites have gone through loner and deeper troughs than anyone else. The reason is this, and listen very carefully, to us, A human is primarily food. Our aim is the absorption of its will into ours. The increase of our own area of selfhood at at its expense. But the obedience with the enemy demands of men is quite a different thing. One must face the fact that all the talk about his love for men and his service being perfect freedom is not, as one would gladly believe, mere lies or mere propaganda. And these are the demons acknowledging this, but it's an actual truth. He really does want to fill the universe with a lot of loathsome little replicas of himself, creatures whose life on its miniature scale will be his qualitatively own, not because he has absorbed them, but because their wills freely conform to his. We want cattle who can finally become food. He wants servants who can finally become sons. We want to suck in. He wants to give out. We are empty and would be filled. He is full, of, he is full and flows over. Our aim in this war is a world in which our Father below, who is Satan, has drawn all other beings into himself. The enemy wants a world full of beings united to him, but still distinct. At the beginning of his book called This Present Darkness, and I've referenced this before in some other areas, but at the beginning of his his book, it's called This Present Darkness, the author, Frank Peretti. The scene opens up, and and it's inside of a church, much like this one. And at the front of this church is all of God's angels. And at the back of this church is all of Satan's demons and his minions. Watching, both groups watching very carefully everybody who is inside, everybody who is there to worship. There is an eternal struggle currently taking place for souls. For your soul and for my soul. But uh, but this is a battle that has already been won for us, and we can take great joy in that because of Christ. And because of his death on the cross and because, of course, of his empty tomb. You see, Satan already knows that he is lost. Satan already knows where his destiny lies. 
But that isn't stopping him, as you and I very well know, that isn't stopping him from trying to bring everybody else down with him. He will try his hardest to do that. And he will do whatever it takes, use whatever he needs to, to see to it that his will is done. And I hate Satan. I hate him for everything that I have experienced in my own life, that he will do anything, that he will go to whatever lengths that he has to to make sure that his will of bringing us down with him is done. And I hate Satan. I hate him for trying to interfere in our marriages, for trying to break apart what God has joyfully joined together. And I hate him because he never stops. He never stops feeding us with lies that try to disrupt what God has joined together. For feeding us lies when we have failed to love our spouse as Christ has loved us. I hate him for sitting right there while you and I are getting angry at our spouse and then feeding us more and more. Yeah, you know what? And not only that, but do you remember when they did that too? Oh yeah, and not only that time, but do you remember when this happened? A lot of you are smiling, and I know because you have these thoughts. This is what happens. They're all lies. This is what Satan tries to do, and I hate him for that. I hate Satan for trying to ruin my or any of our relationships with other people by feeding any kind of anger or resentment that we may have towards them. Again, he sits right there and he is waiting for you to think something. And then he will use that and turn it into something that is for his will. Because after all, why should you love that person? Look what they did to you. That's what he wants you to believe. That's what he he wants you to think. And I hate Satan when he tries to tell me or any of us through his lies and deception, that we are not worthy to be called God's children. I hate him when he says, well, look at your resume of sin. Look at everything that you have done. You are not worthy to be loved by God because of what you did yesterday. You are not worthy to be loved by God because of what you did last week, because of the thoughts that you had. You are not worthy to be loved by God because of your past. Those are lies that he's trying to give you. Again, why? Remember what C.S. Lewis says, because you and I are food to them. That we can't be loved by God like we are actually loved by God. Without hesitation. Without memory. God has no memory of the sins that you have committed. That's what the Bible says, for I have removed your sins as far as the east are, as far as the east is from the west. He has no memory of our sins. He loves without reservation. He loves without resume. And forgiveness is always for you. Forgiveness is always for us. But that's not what he wants you to think. And all of these lies that he gives us to disrupt our marriages, to disrupt our relationships, to ruin our relationship with God as his beloved children, well, they are just lies. 
that come from the straight of that come straight from the pit of hell itself. First Peter five eight says this Be self controlled and alert. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Sounds an awful lot like what Screwtape was telling his nephew. Again, to us, a human is primarily food. We want cattle who can finally become food. We want to suck in. We are empty and would be filled. I wanted to know what that last word, devour, from verse 8 meant, if it meant something more, and it does. The actual Greek word here means to destroy completely. That's what Satan wants to do to God and his kingdom and to his children, is to destroy you completely. Your enemy, the devil, doesn't just want to tempt you and I. He doesn't just want to to continually feed us with lies. No, he wants us destroyed completely. And he will never stop. He will never stop working at his will. But there is more to that section from 1 Peter chapter 5 because the next verse says this, verse 9, Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you, have suffered a, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, from 1 John chapter 5. If you would look at that with me. 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God to obey his commands, and and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. A little bit later in John's Gospel, in chapter 16, Jesus tells his disciples that while they are in this world, that they will have trouble. That Satan will continually try to take away from them their daily bread that God wants them to have. But Jesus says to take heart. He says to take heart because fear not, for I have overcome the world. And that is what you and I can say to Satan when he tries to feed you with his lies. To try to destroy you. You have already lost. The cross is stained with the blood of my Savior, Jesus. I have been baptized into this death. And his tomb is empty. And I have been baptized into his empty tomb. 
His victory is my victory. As we just sang, Jesus lives. The victory's won. This shall be my confidence. And you will have times. You will certainly have times that where you feel overwhelmed, where you feel defeated, and where, you're feel, and where you feel beaten down by the flaming arrows of, of Satan. There will be times when it seems as though the devil is winning in our marriages, in our relationships, in our lives, and in our relationship with God. But take heart. Take heart, for Jesus has overcome the world and the devil and all of the sin that is in it. And we are not alone in this fight against Satan. Again, I wanted to know if this, if, if, if this word in John 16, verse 33, you don't have it, have it there, but when you get home and, and you open your Bible, please look at this. John 16, verse 33, for I have overcome the world, and I wanted to know if that word overcome meant something a little bit more, and sure enough, it does. When Jesus says, for I have overcome the world, he means that I have vanquished the world and all of its sin. That I have overcome the totality of everything that is opposed to me. Remember what he said on the cross, it is finished. The totality of everything in this world that is opposed to me has been, has been put to death, has been crucified. And an empty tomb stands in its place. Finally, I want to leave you all with, with these words from Paul to the Romans in chapter 8. You will notice if you've been to <clears throat> a funeral here recently, this is usually the epistle lesson. And the reason for that is because it's a perfect text for us who are still here and living the faith. Paul says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. Paul says no. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, my friends, my message to you this morning is this. Take heart. For your Lord has overcome Satan. Your Lord has overcome sin. Your Lord has overcome all of the trouble in this world that you will face. Your Lord is for you. And that means that nothing in this world can be against you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill in the red sign-in book, whether you are a member or a guest with us. Uh, those who receive it on the windows, please send it back to the aisles. The aisles, please tear off the top sheet and set it on top of the red book. We collect our tithes and offerings. Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is, Love one another as I have loved you. Guest speaker, Rev. Dr. Dale A. Meyer. Jesus calls his followers to be different as they deal with difficult people. John 15, verses 9 through 17. We will now rejoin our congregation as they prepare for the service of Holy Communion.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember to pray for. First, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Jeannie Stoltz, Landreth Worm, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dodson, Alice Helmkamp, Bob Yelinek, Ashley Kruger, Elda ne- and Elda Nelson. Also for Edith Harmon, who will be having knee surgery, and also for Lorne Clybaker, who is undergoing tests. We also give thanks to God for Glenn and Tony Oberman, who will celebrate 39 years of marriage on May the 12th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank and praise you because you have overcome the world for us. You have overcome, com- you have overcome completely. And the victory of Jesus over sin, Satan, and death is ours. Thank you for loving us without memory of our wrongs, and may in thank you that you are for us. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, with joy, the church continues to celebrate the resurrection victory of your beloved Son. Look in mercy on all who have been baptized into his death and resurrection, and grant them grace each day to die to sin and rise to newness of life with him. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, to you we commend our public servants in this land. Bless and prosper them in their callings. Hinder everything in our common life that is against your will, and establish and strengthen every good endeavor. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, remember in your kindness those who are in need of of your healing and comfort today. We especially pray for all those who who are on our health list, for Edith and for Lorne, and for all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts now. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, grant them grace to trust themselves entirely to your loving care. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. We pray especially for Glenn and for Tony, and we ask that your love would increasingly shine in their lives together. In the days ahead, may they always grow in love and unity with one another. But also for those who have birthdays this week, bless them with peace and happiness on this special day, and may that divine peace and happiness follow them the rest of of their lives. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Master, your beloved Son summons us to his table to partake of his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, for a share in his own divine life, and for our everlasting salvation. Grant to us repentance and faith that we may receive this sacrament in a worthy manner and to our abundant blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, also we pray for Mark Fellwalk, who suffered severe burns in a farm accident yesterday, where we ask that you would be with, with him and heal him according to your good and gracious will. 
And so, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and his glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb who was sacrificed and bore the sins of the world. By his dying he has destroyed death, and by his rising again he has restored us to everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. Recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present, sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first distribution hymn will be Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, number 686 in the Lutheran Service Book. incorrect first hymn. The first hymn is Love Divine, Love's Excelling, number 700. Uh, and then, so that is correct in the regular bulletin, but the large print has it just mixed up. So the first hymn that we will sing is Love Divine, Love's Excelling, number 700.
Our next hymn will be Love Divine, All Love Excelling, number 700 in the Lutheran Service Book.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. with you. Blessed be the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you the worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of the broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you the love and care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and Once His more, mercy be evident to you in all things. We are very glad that you were here today to worship with us, and we pray that your time here was a blessed one. Uh, I don't have any announcements for the rest of the week, I don't think. Uh, remember, uh, for the adult Bible class to submit to me uh, a question that you would perhaps like answered or discussed. My email, again, is on the front of the bulletin that you can uh, take with you. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.